Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, thanks for joining us today. Just a reminder to please check out our book, Blazing New Homeschool Trails, Educating and Launching Teens with Developmental Disabilities by Natalie Vecchione and Cindy LaJoy. Our book is available on Amazon.com. Today, we'll be having our dad cast, and our guest is Brett Monk. Brett Monk is a filmmaker and screenwriter with over 30 years of experience in writing, directing, editing, and many crew positions for film and video production. His work experience is primarily centered around media production and small business leadership. His specialties include filmmaking, video production, internet marketing, real estate marketing, and residential investment properties. Brett is also the director and writer of Mount Hideaway Mysteries. Brett grew his family through adoption. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Psalm 68, verse 6. Welcome to today's DadCast episode. I am so thankful to have a wonderful guest with us today, fellow adoptive parent. Um, he's an adoptive dad, fellow homeschooler. He's, he's also a homeschool dad. And his story, not only about how his family was created, but about how he really reinvented his career around the miracle of his family. And we also have a wonderful wonderful mutual friend in Sandra Flack, who just released her book. And uh, we were both honored to be on her book launch team. So that very lengthy introduction, I'd like to introduce and welcome Brett Monk to FASD Hope. Brett, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Natalie. I am really, really uh, just thrilled to be here. Thank you. And we're talking today about dads and adoption and just how dads have a very unique journey in adoption and um, just what you've learned. And I also really just want to talk to you about how your career really has transformed because we know that this journey of adoption, we know it's supernatural. We know it's God orchestrated and, and to honor him by sharing our journeys and to help others on this journey, I think is is a huge blessing. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. So let's begin just about how your family was built through adoption. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll keep the story as succinct as I can. I will tell you it's been five years now and I've never gotten through the story without um, getting really emotional because it is just such um, such a genuine miracle. And, you know, all families are miracles um, and adoptions are a miraculous, um, and, you know, and very biblical thing. But the circumstances of ours 
just get to me every time I tell the story. And so um, uh, several years ago, a little over four years ago, <clears throat> my wife and I were in our mid-50s and we were attending our normal church service in our suburban non-denominational church here in the northern Virginia suburbs just outside of Washington, D.C. And I was actually at that time, um, I, I'm a filmmaker and author and screenwriter by trade. I was actually working on a movie at the time. And um, anyway, we're sitting in our normal chairs in the church, my wife and I, and a lady came up and did a presentation on National Adoption Month. And, you know, and it was one of those, you know, you're sitting in church and they're doing some kind of a presentation before the church service actually starts and you're sitting there politely listening to whatever the you know people are talking about this week and um the lady was talking about adopting older children from the foster care system and my wife and I again we're in our mid-50s have never had children were really quite comfortable with that decision in our lives we've had a lot of opportunities to sow into young people and to um, you know, to follow what we felt like was God's call on our life, but we had really just were very settled with the fact that we weren't expecting to have children. And so this lady does her presentation and is talking about how much of a need there is, especially for teenagers, because a lot of people that are adopting are, are looking for much younger children. And um, <clears throat> And so she went on with her presentation, and I will say there were a couple little things that nudged at me a teeny bit, but by and large, as she went through her presentation, it just went right over my head in one ear out the other. Oh, that's really nice uh, that you're doing this. And this lady herself had just adopted a brother and sister of teenagers from the local foster care system here in North Virginia. And the past, one of the first things that kind of grabbed me on a personal level was the pastor said, now I know Ernestine that it's not polite to ask a lady her age, but you just adopted these two teenagers. Would you mind telling the congregation how old you are? And she replied, I am 83 years old. And so, wow. wow, yeah. And so that got my attention. And because, you know, when you hear a presentation like this, you think, well, that would be for a younger couple. It can't be in our midfit. Well, that would be, you know, maybe younger couple. We're very much settled in our careers and this and that, the other thing. And when she said that, it was like, okay, that's interesting. And then at the end of her presentation, and I will do my best to get through this, um, <clears throat> She said, now, I just want you to get quiet before the Lord and to ask, do you have an empty bedroom in your home? And I was like, sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we do. We use it as, you know, as an office and storage area. But yes, we've got an empty bedroom in our home. Still just went right over my head. And then she said, do you have room in your heart for a teenager? <laughs> who would become a part of your family and call you mom and dad. 
And <clears throat> I was part of my history. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, screenwriter. I was also a church planting pastor for 10 years. And I believe certainly that there have been times when God has spoken to me and given me direction in the past. I like to think so. Never, never have I had a... Um, an experience where when that lady said that it literally felt like the entire room went dark and there was a spotlight shining on me and I could not move. Wow. I was, I was gripping the seats of my, you know, the, the armrests of the seats in the church, like it was on a roller coaster. And I couldn't even turn to look at my wife for the rest of the church service and the service went by. I have no idea what that sermon was about. And my wife and I just walked in silence out to our car, didn't say a word. And we got into the car, we shut the door, and my wife said, are you going to say it or am I? Wow. And I replied, we're going to do this. Wow. Oh, praise God. And that was it. Wow. That, that was it. Oh, um, and so <clears throat> we then did all of our homework and looked into uh, international versus domestic and private versus going through the local county services and things like that. We decided that the best choice for us would be to work through a private agency locally, of which here in the D.C. area, there are many really fine organizations, and that our choice was to find a teenage girl somewhere here in the United States. And uh, there are many reasons for that. Part of it being just that there were so, there were 300,000 kids, teenagers waiting to be adopted here in the United States. And so we went through all the classes and all of the certifications and the background checks and all that kind of stuff. And about a year and a half or so from the time that we, that God spoke to us in the church service, we were matched with our daughter. She was 13 at the time and um, got one more little story that I will do my best to get through um, with, without breaking down, but we had asked uh, the, the, social worker that was working with her, doing our matching, the, the lady that was representing our daughter, we had told her that for our meeting, we'd like to take her to a nice restaurant and she could pick what restaurant we would go to. And she chose Chick-fil-A. Oh. And you, I'm sure you know this, that Chick-fil-A often plays instrumental worship music yes. through their PA system. Yes. And so as I met my daughter, <laughs> the song <laughs> God of Wonders oh, was playing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and it was just obviously a moment I'll never forget. Oh. Um, and she sat down and she was so scared and had this little list of questions that she was going to ask us, including, are you going to make me eat seafood because I don't <laughs> like seafood? And she could just barely even look up at us. And 
Um, and so we spent, you know, did all of the things that you had to do and right. spent time together. Right. As it ended up, she was actually here in the state of Virginia as well, which was a little bit unusual for the process that we were using. Right. And so one, oh, and one other absolute miracle was, and the folks in this community will understand what, what I'm about to say. A lot of times as you're getting matched and you're working with the different social workers, some of these social workers representing the children are almost suspicious of the adopt the pre-adoptive parents. They're like, who are you? And what are you, you know, why do you want to adopt this kid? And the social worker who represented our daughter had actually, we found out had actually been college roommates with a co-worker of my wife. Oh my goodness. And so as we were in the matching process and talking to the social worker, she said, well, I see in the paperwork that you say, you know, the resume and job history and all that kind of stuff that you used to work at such and such an IT company in Northern Virginia. And she, and my wife was like, yes, I was a manager there. And she's like, did you ever work with so-and-so? And she was like, I was her boss. She worked for me. And the social worker just said, okay, I know who you, I, I, I know who you are. We're, we're, we're good here. Ah, oh, praise <clears throat> God. And you, you know how, what a miracle that is in, in this process, because to immediately gain the trust of the social worker representing the child is yeah. a really, really unusual and just a, an amazing miracle. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh, you know, our pastor has often said that having a family is natural, but adoption is supernatural. And, and I, I believe that with every single adoption story. Wow. Brett, that is, I am just so moved. And I said, Oh, when you said Chick-fil-A, because when our son was younger, they often had the mom and son date nights. I don't know if you remember that. And we would go, especially, you know, at the time we were living in, in Pennsylvania and my husband was traveling a lot. And I just have so many wonderful memories of doing, you know, going to those mom son date nights. So uh, I, I love that. And she could have picked anywhere and she picked Chick-fil-A, you know, and that yeah. to me shows, you know, that she's just sharing her heart with you. And she's just saying, I love Chick-fil-A. So let's go to Chick-fil-A, you know? So that's wonderful. That is, oh, I love, love, love hearing your, your family story, Brett. And when did you start homeschooling? So our daughter just turned 17 last week, actually, actually two weeks ago now. Um, And, and the homeschooling really happened well, for the because she was coming out of the first out of the foster care system originally for the first year or so, we had to have her in the public school right. just as one of the requirements of the transition. And I will say that I give so much credit to the individuals within the school, the public school system. And we live in Fairfax County, Virginia. It's one of the wealthiest counties in the world, in the country. And at the, uh, the, the middle school where my daughter attended, 
all of the teachers had master's degrees. Half of them had doctorates for teaching eighth grade math. I mean, these, you know, these people were incredible, but our daughter had had a lot of neglect. Her mom had just not taken her to school for like months and months at a time. And so she has a very wide variety of where she is, uh, the grade levels that she is in different subjects. And so one of the thing, and of course she had an IEP and was in the special ed system, but in most ways she didn't fit in the special ed category. And the population that she was with really weren't her peers and one of one of her attributes actually is she's extremely articulate she's extremely outgoing she's extremely witty and sociable and where she was just wasn't a good fit for her through no fault of the professionals that were doing the best to help her but then one of the other things that we really found was that with the public school system, there is the constant drive for advancing to the next grade, advancing to the next grade. And what our daughter absolutely needed was not to be pushed along, especially in some of the areas that she just needed a lot of attention in. Yes. And so Interestingly, I had mentioned that I was working on a movie uh, for which was which is now on Amazon actually, and part of the plot of that movie, even before the the event that called us into adoption, part of the plot of the movie was homeschooling, because I had co-written it with a young lady that was working with my wife and I in my wife's real estate practice at the time. And I had come from a video and film background and this young lady was studying writing and acting. And so we decided to write a screenplay together. And as we, the ball just started rolling, it ended up becoming an actual feature film. We got a crew together and shot it and got it on Amazon and all this stuff. So the young lady I was working with and many of her friends came from a homeschool background. And being both a filmmaker and a businessman, one of the thoughts that I had was, you know, there are no, none that I'm, that I'm aware of movies that, validate the homeschooling lifestyle. Agreed. Agreed. I cannot think of a single uh, movie or TV show in mainstream media that encourages homeschoolers. And there are so many, I'll say, agendas and different movies, you know, are coming from different directions. And there are lots of wonderful Christian movies that have salvation messages or other messages in it. But they rarely mention homeschool. Honestly, yeah, very seldom. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we were going to weave homeschooling into the plot of the movie. And so having done that and really developed a heart for homeschooling just as a filmmaker, and what happened was my film crew making the first movie and actually making the sequel, which we shot recently, most of the crew were either, well, or I would say most of the crew were homeschool graduates, including the, the star of the movie that we just recently shot, who's a very well-established 
actress in what I call the, the in the Christian movie circuit. Um, and so we had this whole crew of homeschool graduates. And one of the things I found as a filmmaker and a businessman was in film, it's not one of those jobs that you go to college and get like you know, a CPA exam and you go work for a corporation is very highly structured. When you're on a film set, you have to make things up as they go along a lot. And these homeschool grads had a really unique ability to figure stuff out because they were kind of used to doing that. And so I had already developed a real deep respect for homeschool kids. And I had become, we had become best friends with a lot of these folks' parents. And so homeschooling was already kind of, it had woven itself into my heart before we were faced with having a daughter for whom that was absolutely going to be the best choice for her. And so I, again, of all of the miracles that I have seen in this journey that we have been on, one of the others was the way that God had prepared my wife and I for the concept of homeschooling before we even were comfortable or were, were, had the concept of becoming parents in the first place. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So all of the seeds were planted in you and, and <laughs> then your daughter came and then it just, it, it blossomed. So let's talk because my husband's going to jump in here in a few minutes and, and, and talk with you. Let's talk about um, what you're currently doing, you know, the Mount Hideaway series, your media projects, because you really have taken your, your amazing career and you've woven in these miraculous elements of your family's life, you know, the homeschooling, just everything. Let's talk about what you're doing now. Sure. So right now, as I mentioned, we have the one movie that's already on Amazon that we shot uh, several years ago. It's called Mount Hideaway Mysteries X's and O No's. And recently, uh, a few months ago now, back in the winter, we shot the sequel to that movie, which is called Mount Hideaway Mysteries Heartache and Homecoming. And Part of this whole journey was really, the, well, the way that I would describe the whole series, and they're now, in addition to the two movies, we have a three-book deal with the publisher. Our first book came out uh, a couple of months ago, and it is also doing really pretty well, and uh, it was a bestseller for the as a new release, and is still doing really well in the young teen and young adult Christian mysteries and thrillers category. And so what we have been doing is really digging in even more so to the themes of home, basically homeschool, a group of four homeschool kids that solve murders and other mysteries in the small Virginia town outside a mysterious government facility. <laughs> And so that is basically the plot of the whole series of books and movies and audio books that you've got a group of homeschooled kids who saw it's kind of between like between a, a Hardy Boys, Scooby-Doo kind <laughs> of a situation. It is, it's not children. It's really not geared for younger children. It's more for the teen and young adult audience. 
but we very deliberately have woven some some very powerful themes involved with homeschooling and families and again with mainstream media and really to be honest even an awful lot of christian movies and media don't get into some of the really powerful and heart-wrenching day-to-day things that families like ours go through and so we decided to really weave some of that movies are supposed to be about drama and we've got drama we (laughs) families like like ours we have got plenty of drama and pain and precious situations to draw from and so I don't want to spoil the plot of the upcoming movie which will be released later this year but I will say that there is a scene there there is a plot line where there is a young lady who is in the process of becoming adopted by a family and within the plot of the movie and there they go through some of the type of conflicts that families in our community would be familiar with and when you get to the end of the movie to the resolution the day that we shot that scene the entire crew was in tears oh my goodness so um it was just a really really neat moving scene and everybody the the actors they were supposed the actors were supposed to be crying and they were but the whole all of uh, the, the camera people and the sound people and myself and so we're really um we're trying to serve this community which has been mostly ignored either to be on and you know on a soapbox a little bit here as a as an adoptive homeschooling dad but especially as homeschoolers we've not only been ignored but often ridiculed and kind of looked down on and so a lot of the heart of the Mount Hideaway project the books and movies and audio books that'll be also be out soon is encouraging Christians and especially homeschool families in a way that's not preachy or these movies are not again apologies to all of my dear friends in the Christian film industry but so many Christian films are like a sermon first and an engaging story second these are exciting entertaining fun thriller and funny and you know, laughing crying entertainment but we're we're weaving in these themes and validating and encouraging families like ours and helping the people to see that we we some of the things that we go through and some of the heart connections that families like ours have I love that, Brett, because you just said it, families like ours, you know, our families, we have such a unique journey. Nobody really understands but each other, really. And yeah. I love how you're you're presenting the realness of it. You're presenting, you know, the, the miracles in our journeys, yet you are delivering it in a way that anybody can can watch and appreciate and enjoy it. And then your messages are in the stories. And I think that's why one of the many reasons why I wanted to interview you because 
you are giving a voice to homeschool families and to families who have been created by adoption and especially your own family, you know, you adopted an older, you know, a young teen. And that is so important because I think we hear either all of the sugar-coated stuff or all of the really, really, you know, horrible statistics that, that are just, that make us, that discourage us. And I think what you're doing is you're presenting it in a, in, in a light that is not only gracious, but you're presenting, you know, your, your series, which I can't wait to, to watch and, and, and read, you're presenting them in a way that's just, that's lovely and entertaining, but at the same time, that has meaning and validation. And I think for all those families out there who have created, you know, families the way we have, I think that's so important that they can say, Hey, there's a family like ours that was created like ours. And, and these are real issues, but you know what, you know, and I agree, you know, I I watch a lot of um, Christian movies and and faith-based movies and there's hardly any homeschooling represented in it. There's usually, you know, they're, they're in school. So I am appreciative of you, you know, doing that both as a, as a homeschool dad and as an adoptive dad. So, so thank you. Now hopping on here is my husband, John, and he is also dad uh, via adoption twice. And he had some questions for you. So Brett, it's really nice to meet you. I, you know, me and Natalie have been talking about this, about, about meeting with you and we've been really looking forward to it. And I was thinking about my career path and family life. And I was just curious about how your family choices have impacted your career path. And maybe you can just share a little about some of the things you thought about as you were on that journey and making decisions about how your, your direction in your career and how that could affect your family and maybe how interest, your interest changed once you became a dad and things maybe you weren't interested in before that sort of changed your viewpoint. I'm, I'm think about that quite a bit myself and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Sure. Uh, I'm very, very happy to talk about that because there's, there is a lot there. And as a writer and as a filmmaker, writers talk about really the, the power of writing comes from writing from your pain and from emotional situations and a having adopted our daughter and walking through the journey that we have been walking through so far has given me, has made me a deeper, is definitely what I'm trying to start off to say, and you'd think with a writer, I'd be able to say it better, but um, it has absolutely made me a much better writer because I have so much more both joy and pain that I can connect to. And for example, there's one scene in the upcoming movie that where, not, not to spoil any of the real content, but there's a situation where the murder mystery is going on and there are two grown-ups and one of the grown-ups has just found out a really important 
critical fact that has to do with helping to solve the murder and she runs into the room where the other grown-up is that she needs to talk to and there's a teenage girl sitting there just going on and on and on about and this happened and that happened and she's just going on and on like your kids do when you and your spouse really need to talk about something important and they're just sitting there and they're just talking about this and that and how it's such a big deal and you're like hey you have no idea what a big deal is and um and so that scene would not and it's one of the most precious scenes in the movie and it sets up a really really exciting Thing that I seen that's, that's very exciting and dramatic, but part of what is going to what makes that scene so gorgeous is I know that all of my fellow parents will watch that scene and just feel it in the pit of their stomach as they're like, oh my goodness, this girl, she's got to be able to tell this news so because they, they need to go catch the guy and the kid is just, and then another and another thing and another thing. And so there have just been so many situations that having become a dad, I would just not have either those cute stories and there are some that are really cute stories some are really really difficult things that we go through as parents especially of kids from this population our daughter has run away from home a number of times and the fear and the despair and the hopelessness and helplessness that a parent feels when their child has, is doing something that is really, really destructive or potentially dangerous is, is just also something that has helped me become better at the craft that I do, as well as just becoming a deeper Christian and understanding the nature of the father heart of God more and um, just, you know, just becoming a deeper human being. On some of the practical side, though, what's been really neat, because as a filmmaker, I am self-employed, and my wife is actually a very successful real estate agent here in the Northern Virginia area, and so both of us had a, a much easier, probably, ability than probably a lot of other parents that have nine to five much more structured jobs would have. Both my wife and I have been able to include our daughter in our jobs. And so when we were doing the filming back in November and December, my daughter would come out and be part of the film crew and she would hold the microphone boom. She'd hold the boom with the microphone on it and she would collect the, some of the paperwork, the release forms and things like that. And really part of her homeschool education became on the job training of filmmaking, which was really neat and so in our case, we really are kind of uniquely blessed that we've had a pretty easy time. We haven't really, in some ways we have, we have had to shift our careers a little bit, but in an awful lot of ways, our daughter has just really kind of been able to fit into the, the unusual lifestyle that we already had. And in a lot of ways, and also because we're both self-employed, 
our schedules are a little more flexible and it's a little easier for us to do some of the homeschool, the curriculum, you know, that the actual study time. And we have to move the schedule around a lot, but um, we, you know, it feels like that has, that has been working out pretty well with our jobs and our ability to include our daughter in that life. Oh, that's great. You know, one thing you were, as you were, you're talking about your work and then your wife's career and raising a child and schedules, it can get kind of crazy, I'm sure. And I know from my own experience that outside of my sort of the time that I have dedicated to work until like maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night, I don't have any real time for myself. And, and as a writer, um, and somebody who's creative, may, do you have any tips on how you've worked in time for yourself just to give yourself sort of mental space to sort of think through some things that you want to focus on? I imagine if you're creating a story or a character, you have to probably spend some time thinking about the, the nuances of that character or that story. And how have you done that with your work and just your personal well-being with grabbing a few minutes for yourself, making time for yourself in the midst of your, your career and family and, and all the other chaos? Sure, that is a really, really good question. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It is a challenge. And <clears throat> it is it is hard because especially with our daughter being so social and there are certainly times as a teenager when she's like doesn't want to be around her parents but most of the time we're actually very very close she is a daddy's girl and the two of us are really really have a wonderful friendship and she likes to spend time together she likes almost on a daily basis we we have well not <clears throat> we have the daddy daughter dates not on an almost daily basis but she asks almost daily and by daddy daughter dates what that is for us is we go to Chick-fil-A and get the 30, 30 count nugget meal and split that and then we go for a long drive and listen to our special music playlist that's our songs and we just drive around and talk and she would if I had time to do that every afternoon for two and a half hours, she would. And to be honest, so would I. But finding that time, you just, we, my wife and I trade off a lot. And there are usually family meetings in the morning of, okay, who's doing everything? Who's going where today at what time? And even today, I, uh, I had just dropped our daughter our daughter had training for a summer part-time job earlier today that my wife dropped her off and I picked her up. Then I took her to, dropped her off at church youth group, which is where she actually is even as we speak. And my wife should probably be picking her up any time now. So we really trade off between my wife and I of who is spending time with her and attending to her and who is going off and trying to get their work done. And I, one of the toughest things for me is in addition to the film and the book stuff, we're really 
working on the audiobook side of the media business. And I'm an old radio guy from way back, so I'm doing the narrating. But having the house quiet, and even with my semi-soundproof booth, finding time where the house is quiet enough that I can record, sometimes that will be at one o'clock in the morning after everybody's gone to bed. Or nowadays, a lot of that is if, if my wife and daughter are at an open house or something like that. But that was kind of a long answer, but yes, Finding that time both to just kind of clear my head as well as just to get my job done, it is an ongoing, it is a day-to-day -day challenge. Yeah, I hear that for sure. And uh, because we, we face the same challenges and I, with Natalie recording, similar, probably a similar right. state where, you know, everyone has to, we kind of have to be quiet and keep the kids out of the hallway and et cetera. But the daddy daughter is thing is so great and so sounds so familiar because I do that with my daughter yes. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah. When you were saying that, Brett, I was like, I, I was like just nodding my head because that's exactly what John and Gianna do on Saturdays. I was gonna say it's probably a lot more frozen in our playlist than yours <laughs> at this point, but you know, that's okay. Well, um it, I'll just I'll I'll go down this little rabbit trail very briefly. Yes, many years ago, I was a church planting pastor, and I had pastored a church for 10 years, and for those that have ever been in pastoral ministry, it can be really, really draining, and when it was my time to leave the ministry, I really just needed a break from church life, if that makes sense. And I was still doing really well with my relationship with Lord, with the Lord, but I just need, I had I just needed to not spend all of my waking hours either in the service or in the worship team practice or the men's meetings and all of that. And so the year after I had left pastoral ministry, just to do something crazy and different, I became a bass player in a country band. I don't even like country music that John, much. John is I, a bass player. Oh, you're kidding. Cool. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I've been I've been playing bass for many, many years. And so I don't even really like country music that much, but there was this band, they needed a bass player, and I was going out on Saturday nights and playing this music just to be somewhere different than I had been for the past 10 years. And that lasted for, I don't know, six months or so, and then the band kind of broke up. But fast forward eight or so years after that, we're driving with our newly adopted daughter. Actually, she was still in the, the, pro, in the foster to be adopt pre-adoption process. And we're driving out to, to introduce her to her grandmother. And I'm listening to my usual smooth jazz playlist on the radio or on my iPod in the car. And my daughter's like, starts flipping through my sound system and found some country music. And I could see by the look on her face that she thought she was gonna mess with me because she figured I wouldn't know these songs or I wouldn't like them because of the music that she had heard me play so far. And so she turned on this one song that was that it was you know it was this kind of funny country song and I started singing along with it and 
what had happened was, in, in again, an, an unbelievable miracle. And this sounds like a weird miracle, not one of the kind of miracles in the Bible, probably. But the year, the time that I had gone off and played a country music band because I was actually trying to get away from church, God was teaching me my daughter's favorite songs. Oh my goodness. That was the, those are the songs that she grew up on as a little girl when she was with her birth parents. And those are the songs that made her feel comfortable. And God was teaching me all of those songs eight years before we ever dreamed of having a daughter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. <laughs> that's a fantastic, that's yeah. a fantastic connection. God is good. Yes. God yeah. is all the time. And, and, and yeah. And just like John said, he was putting in you that connection that you would have down the road with her. Oh, yeah. so yeah. awesome. So awesome. Brett, do you have any maybe words of advice for dads out there who are maybe they're kind of going through it right now, right? Where um, they're, they could be struggling with the balance between work and family and home life and other demands and other worries. Any words of, you know, guidance, encouragement, advice for, for those dads that uh, could maybe use, they could use a little boost right now. Sure. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I am one of those dads right now. We're, we're, there are a number of challenges going on and I'm having a really good time talking to you guys and sharing some of the wonderful parts of what's going on. But I would say as a word of encouragement to dads, you're, you're definitely not the only one going through this. You are not going through it alone. And as men, we tend to be independent and I'm particularly independent, but we're not going through it alone. And one of the other things as Christian dads that I take great, great comfort in is the extent to which even the most painful parts of this journey are conforming me into the image of Christ. And take a lot of comfort in the extent to which this journey is really helping us understand the father heart of God and how much he loves us. Because I know we all struggle with our faith, but to be honest, I, I'm in so much more pain so much more often than I ever imagined. And often when we go through pain is when we struggle with, is God there or is he paying attention? I don't struggle. I can't struggle with, is God there because of the miraculous way he put this kid in my life. I know that wasn't even my choice and was the, the sovereignty surrounding the way that this kid is in my life has almost made it impossible for me to very close to impossible for me to doubt God's existence because it just is too, there, there are just too many crazy, weird miracles that came along with this person. And 
then the extent to which I can now, even when she goes off and does really, really awful things that she grew up feeling like was okay to do, and she runs away and our hearts are just ripped in two, but I still love her so I just love her. I love her. I love her. I don't love her because I'm supposed to. I love her because I love her. She's my kid. And one of the other things that I have grown in so much is we all have the questions of, does God still accept me when I've done something wrong? That's one of the biggest things for the Christian life that we all deal with. I got to tell you, I just don't have all that much of that because if somebody with a, a, an imperfect and messed up heart like me can still have an absolute just would die for this person, even after she has run away and made some really bad and dangerous choices, then it is very easy for me to believe that my heavenly father can do the same thing for me. And so that I would say that as a word of encouragement to adoptive dads and really to all dads, that we get to learn lessons and we get to have a connection and a closeness with the heart of God that we would not have if we weren't on this journey. And what else, what, what's worth more than that? I loved your point of I just love her because I love her and I think for for the you know for the the folks that that listen to this podcast that's a great point to remember because you know we all face challenges as individuals and as parents and um and sometimes the world wants to put in your head all the reasons why you should be mad or be outraged or and sometimes just I think reaching back to that, to God's word of just, you love your kids because you love them. You don't need a reason. You just, you just love them is a good one for, I know I'm going to remember that and use that. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for that, Brett. That's great. Brett, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. I wish we had more time together. And at some point we'll have to connect because of bass playing Chick-fil-A playlist you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I, we can I share play if you're on spotify we can uh, share a playlist that would that be cool. sounds nice. great <laughs> i think this was a god orchestrated meeting between two dads yeah for sure for sure it, it's a real pleasure thanks so much for joining us and um uh, i real it's been a pleasure meeting you and, and thanks so much for your time same here thank you john so as John puts our daughter <laughs> to sleep and takes care of bedtime, I'm going to finish up this awesome, awesome dad cast. And Brett, I just want to say too, as a mom, we know whether our kids have trauma before birth, such as right. FASD or, or substance exposure or after birth as lived experience from, you know, uh, coming from hard places or a combination of the two, um, we talk a lot on the show about how when our kids are in hard places that it breaks us, but it allows God's light to fill us where that brokenness is, you know, and, and I've shared that that's, that's just been on my heart. And, you know, I so, so appreciate you sharing your heart, you know, with our listeners, because I know that there's somebody out there who's listening to your story and who is, learning about that 
redemption that we find when that brokenness happens and that we need to just lean on him. Even when we don't know what to pray, we just need to lean on him. So for that, for that, I thank you, Brett. As we wrap up before we end our, on our hope takeaway, how can folks watch your series, listen, read, this is your platform now share away with what you're doing. So our audience can follow and and just learn all the wonderful things that you're doing now. Sure. Thank you so much, Natalie. So the, the series once again is called Mount hideaway mysteries. And we, by hopefully by Christmas of this year, there will be two movies and three books that are all out in the series. And each of the books will also have an audio book. So right now we have one movie and one book that are both on Amazon. And they're also available, the book is available in ju- through just about any bookseller organization. You can order at Barnes and Noble and things like that. And so uh, just look for Mount Hideaway Mysteries. And the, the book that's out is Mount Hideaway Mysteries Breaking and Entering. The movie that's out right now is Mount Hideaway Mysteries X's and O No's. And the... Easiest way to find us is really just Google Mount Hideaway Mysteries. And we also have a very strong Facebook presence and we're all, and on Instagram. And so we love, love, love for the listeners to come, like, follow us, join our mailing list. We really are trying to not just make a really fun and exciting movie and book series and things like that, but we genuinely are trying to serve this community and engage with the community. Once we finish the, once the book and the, the, once the Mount Hideaway series is finished, we're starting some of the development of the, what will be the next book and movie series that we originate and we are seeing such wonderful response from the adoptive and homeschool communities we are planning on really even digging deeper and hoping to serve those communities with both entertainment and encouragement as we expand the the what we're what our little team is doing and so I would love to engage with other folks in the community and find out what would be encouraging, what kind of a story we're just going to start from scratch with a whole new plot and a whole new cast of characters and things like that for a new series of stories. I would love to get input from this community on what would bless you. There aren't enough people out there blessing families like ours and encouraging and entertainment because as we're just talking with, with as I was just talking with John about, one of the things that families like ours need desperately is family entertainment that reaches us. And so that's one of my real passions, if you can't tell by the sound of my voice. let I would love to hear from more parents and the kids of what kind of stories would really bless you and encourage you and would be fun to watch, would be fun to listen to. And so anyway, Mount Hideaway on Facebook or mounthideaway.com, the website, the website, we're really easy to find. 
And I will be sharing all of those social media handles, the website, everything, any way you can get in touch with Brett in today's program notes, as well as when we share on our social media handles, we'll be tagging Brett so that this is a challenge, listeners. This is a challenge to you. What do you want to see portrayed in media? This is wonderful. It's it's kind of like in Horton, here's a who. We need to have our voices be heard. Brett is listening. Exactly. Let's, let's tell Brett what will encourage and speak life into our families so that we can watch these these wonderful um, shows, books, audiobooks. We can experience all these with our children. So that is awesome. So I'll be, again, I'll be sharing all of this information with today's show notes. So finally, Brett, we, this, this whole dad cast has been a hope takeaway. It really has. And it's been so moving for me. First of all, thank you again for being on our show. And secondly, I like to end our show on what we call a hope takeaway, which is just a few words of hope for those listeners out there, especially for those families. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to title this episode families like ours, because you, mm. that's just, I think a perfect title. What words of hope do you have for families like ours? The words of hope that I have for families like ours would just be that God clearly has a vision and a purpose for your family, whoever the, for the listener that, that is, is hearing me right now, God has called your family together for a unique and precious and special purpose and has given you souls to care for in a way that is, again, it's just, it is unique. It is precious. It comes from the heart of God in such a way because as all of us have heard, he adopted us into his family. He chose to bring us into family, he into his family and give us his name and and what he is doing in your family even the painful stuff but as well as the joyful stuff there is an not only an eternal purpose for it, but there is a purpose in the near future and the and for generations to come. And I, I also, because I don't want to sugarcoat things, no matter what direction your kids go, whether they, because sometimes our, our kids don't end up going in the direction that we wanted them to, or maybe not until they're in their 40s or later, but the seeds that you are sowing now, they're important, they are worth it, and they are what God has ordained to, to put into your life, to sow into these kids' lives, and into the generations to come. Amen. What wonderful words of hope. Brett Monk, thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. You are so welcome. And I pray we'll have you back again in the winter so you can talk about your new release and we can share and so that you and John can have another conversation about bass and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I would absolutely love to. I would love to. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been a joy. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, 
check out fasdhope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.